0: Well, we're consistently <laughs> inconsistent,
1: right? I wish somebody loved me as much as you love <laughs> fruit punch I, I ate my fun <laughs> I
2: had a salad yesterday oh. it was good that's good where from proud
3: of you uh, from yeah. uh, brew house
1: <laughs> it's cool that after you know 6 years or whatever that you guys stuck it out you know you really cared about the name that much i got to tell you here at Sonder what we would have done <laughs> feels like NASA's going to have a problem with this uh, <laughs> let's pick a new name One of my favorite things you've ever said, Danny, is that Friday is a feeling. Yep. It's like vacation is a feeling. If you're worried about the dirt and the grime, (laughs) the germs, whatever it may be on the outside of your line, stay home, man. Uh, This is going to be the last time I mention this, okay?
0: Okay. Uh,
1: If we don't get our tattoo appointments scheduled soon, I feel like we're going to drift too far, and it's not going to happen.
0: I disagree, because I think that we're both down. It's just a matter of actually getting it on the calendar for us to pull it off.
1: I, and I forget, are you also scheduling this time for your record hop?
0: Might as well. I mean, you might as well get the twofer going. <laughs> I need to figure out where I need to put them, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. it's It's got to happen, though. Oh, yeah. Now I'm, like, in the queue. We've got to do it together. Yes. That's yeah. got to happen. Yeah. I'm in the queue for, like, six of them in my mental mind. Like, oh, I have, like, like, six or seven.
0: I mean, that's the massive issue with tattoos is that, like, I got one, like, three years ago, and now I have, like, 12 in my mind ready to go.
1: And, and yeah, and here we are, yeah. right? Um, okay, so this is, a, this is a very unique one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got... Uh, we haven't
0: done very many, like, event-based shows. No,
1: We and, typically
0: do, like, the big ones, right? So, like, we'll do an Oktoberfest show... We'll do the big anniversary show, and then we'll do, like, Family Tradition, typically. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to get some folks on here and talk about Record Hop, Record Swap Day.
1: Yeah, so let's uh, let's introduce our guests first, mm-hmm. and then we're going to throw to Mace over here, and she's going to talk about the event itself. But, For sure. Um, we got the guys from Coal Mine Records, um, Plaid Room Records, are, uh, representing
2: both today, right? Yeah, yeah, representing both, for sure. <laughs> wearing, I'm wearing both hats. It feels like that's probably a common theme for you. <clears throat> it yeah. is. It's definitely become uh, more divided over the past, like, five years, but... Okay. I can still wear both hats.
1: <laughs> are you Are you still heavily involved in both businesses? Or do you find um, yourself gravitating to one over the other?
2: I'm pretty much 98% coal mine. Okay. Okay. Probably. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> is that Would you say that was more of your passion from the beginning?
3: <clears throat> um...
2: That's kind of how it started, for sure. Like, okay. Uh, the label started, you know, almost 15 years ago. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and the, the the goal of the store was always to, like, augment the label. Okay. Okay. Um, but for a long time, we, Bob and I were both, my brother, business partner, we we're both 50-50 on everything nice. work-wise. And then slowly it was just, like, the work increased. <laughs> and it was, like, somebody has to do this and somebody has to do this. So it kind of... Yeah, now it's like, I go downstairs, and I'm like, I don't even know what is going on down here. (laughs) What are these records, and who are you people that work here? That's got to be, I mean, in some ways, that's got to be kind of a cool feeling, though, right? Yeah, I think it means we're doing something right. I'm not sure what that is, but like... (laughs) It's fun to go behind the counter and for them to laugh at me, because I don't know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm just the
2: old dumb boss. Oh, man, I can't do anything. Oh, no, I guess I'll just go upstairs.
0: That's awesome.
1: So uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Um, I mean, I, I,
2: I just threw it to you. I, I, sure. But but go ahead, just uh, for our listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm Terry Cole, owner of Platinum Records and Coal Mine Records
3: yeah and i'm alex Sanla i'm the manager at Spiral groove records okay
2: um
1: and then we've got uh we've got a, a third guy here in the background just um, creeping. he's yeah. <laughs> <Man. laughs> just taking photos M-
0: Mitch is our one person studio audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so
2: this is uh Mitch Legro just took over uh, or just we let's see when did you come on board October right, November first uh, as a marketing coordinator to help with uh, a Pretty wide swath of things on the on the label side. That's awesome. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: Mitch and I go back a little bit doing social media in the industry.
2: <clears throat> oh, really? So yeah. you
1: so you know Mitch before mm-hmm. today? Huh, That's yeah. cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So Mitch used to do marketing in the beer industry. Okay. Uh, and we got to know each other that way.
1: Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. Well, we've uh, we've partnered with you guys. Um. We're excited about an event that we have coming up, uh, January fifteenth. Uh, called Record Hop Record Swap. Uh, Macy Cherry, uh, who is a friend of the show, has been on a fair amount now, I'd say, at this point. Um, We get requests for Macy to come on more frequently, by the way. So we're going to have to make that happen, Mace. It's the dad jokes. It is the dad jokes, (laughs) yes. Um, This is a little bit of your brainchild. Um, You and Haley, I think, um, and I'll let you kind of talk about this, kind of started this conversation a while ago, and the two of you really... Uh, took in a ram with it but why don't you explain the event a little bit to our listeners
4: yeah so you know I already work with beer which is one of my favorite things so why not tie records in which is another one of my favorite things um, when I heard record swap uh, record hop for the first time it made me think of records rightfully so I sure mean, everybody loves music here so tying those two things together um, I don't know whatever intersects there is just great conversation over a record or over beer so Um, Just an event where everybody could come together and celebrate both of those things, and it just so happened that our new beer is being released uh, on the same day. So it kind of played out perfectly. Um, An opportunity for people to buy new records, um, get out there, shop locally, get to know some of their local record stores, um, and then also swap independently, create conversation, listen to a record you may have never listened to before.
1: So is that something, are we encouraging that? Like, bring some of your collection if you're you're interested in... Like swap meet feel, kind of trade records with other people? Yeah. Uh,
4: so we have these guys who are also both experts on records, so they can direct traffic back to their shop if people want more information, um, specifically whether their records have any value. But on the side, people can swap independently.
1: And, and will, you be, will you all be selling any uh, records from your label on that day? I think,
2: yeah, I think we're going to be primarily representing the label that day. So I think we'll have, like, most of the label's catalog here that day. Uh, Any new Duran Jones available on that day? I think we, I mean, they don't have anything new for, it'll be a minute now that Private Space is out. It came out last year, so it'll take a minute. But we'll have Duran records for sure. Yeah, uh, one of my personal favorites. Um,
1: But uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, The other thing that I think, Ties here that I think a lot of people probably don't know. Uh, we have a beer called Record Hop, and we obviously refer to our logo as the Record Hop. We do that because from its inception, back in 2016, when when Jen and I sat down and she asked what was the vision for our brand, it was, "Hey, we love music as much as we love beer. Can we get a vinyl record with a hop leaf in it?" And that's what our logo is. So the whole thing uh, is just very serendipitous. It it, it feels uh, very cool and something that I think we've had a vision for. Haley has been talking about this for a long time. So to be able to, Macy, use your creative talents as well to, to be able to take kind of her vision to life. And then, oh, by the way, be able to partner with um, local labels and, and have a day out of it. It just, it just feels um, very cool, a very fun build up over the next couple of weeks as we really lean into what this is going to be.
0: I'm really excited for the day for probably three main reasons. One, the like most overarching one is that I've been very transparent that, you know, one of my biggest goals here at Saunders to make the record hop synonymous with Saunders. Yep. So when you see the record hop, you think Saunders. Um, and I think adding a little bit of depth to that logo with an event like this helps a ton, especially for the folks that are going to be here or see it on social media. Um, just having that context, I think is really important. Um, and then I also think that, uh, We love partnering with our local community, whether it's for Oktoberfest, for our pop-up shops, whatever it is, or our retail partners. Um, It's always super fun to get people from outside this building incorporated with some of the stuff we do. So getting y'all involved was crucial. It was such an important part for us. We wanted to make sure that, you know, we could elevate each other a little bit and have a little bit of fun with a cool event like this. Um, And then honestly, like just this beer in general is a little bit of a special one for the record hop series with it being a Yakima chief, um, collaboration. Um, they're a big partner of us hops wise. Um, so kind of getting some specialty hops from them. Mitch actually asked me earlier, do you know the answer to this question? What hops are in this? Um, are we even allowed to disclose? I have no idea.
1: I don't know. I know it was some Um, like,
0: like experimental cryo stuff, which is always very fun.
1: Yep. there's definitely some experimental stuff there. Um, I should probably know. Um, you know what? I do know. I'm just leaving it up until the 15th. I just want everyone to be surprised. <laughs> right. Smart. For Very sure. smart.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really incredible beer. Uh, I tasted it earlier. Uh, we got a couple of cans here um, to sip on during the show. Um, it's delicious. Um, it's a little bit more of like the – I was trying to describe it to Mitch earlier. Um, it's, a, it's like that like Midwest IPA, yep. which is like totally a made-up style. Um, but yes. it, it, like, it kind of mirrors the, it's not like that hazy, juicy IPA that you expect from the East coast. And it's not that like overly piney, resiny West coast one, but it kind of marries it like kind of beautifully with the citrus notes, but then a little bit of that bite you get from the IPA. So I, I think, think it's, sh- I
1: think it's perfectly bitter oh, uh, yeah, yeah. is the way I described it. Um, I get a ton of grapefruit character out of oh, it. Oh really? I get like um, a,
0: like an orange kind of feel to it. Like an orange rind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I feel yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's wildly different than Volume 6, which is fun, right? We're, yeah. we're kind of ping-ponging here um, for for this next one. For those that don't know, that, that are listening, or maybe you guys don't know, so what, what we do is Record Hop is one of our core beers that, that really pairs well with Ubecha, being that it's a very opposite style, but we rotate the hops every time we release a new one. So we run through it for you know gosh it kind of depends on on the popularity of of that of that volume but anywhere from a couple of months to maybe even 6 months where we'll just keep running through it and then when it feels like it's time to switch we'll swap out the hops um, It's which
0: been like very informative for me too knowing that the only thing that changes about this beer is the hops so you're yeah, able to the base of, beer stays the same. You're able to see the effect that hops have on a beer. A lot of people think that it's like more I mean, it really does come down to the recipe, but it's a fun experiment to see how various hops can affect a beer and how wildly different each iteration is, despite having that same base. So it's a lot of fun to drink and a lot of fun to explore.
1: It's also been fun for me to see how differently people uh, take notes out of the hops, right? Mm-hmm. So like like the last one, like volume six, you know, you get a lot of, you know, in, to, to to steal Chase's notes, you know, you get... Cattiness out of it, right? Where I don't at all. Uh, For me, I get just super tropical um, uh, fruit, just an explosion. So um, that's that's a lot of fun too. As as we change it, but um, all right. So let's jump into these guys. So uh, what's your story? So when did uh, when did coal mine start, and then when did plaid room open? Kind of coinciding with that.
2: Yeah. uh, So. Coal Mine, I started Coal Mine in uh, 2007 when I was in college still. I was finishing up grad school. Uh, I was in a hip-hop band in Oxford, and I was playing shows, you know, two or three nights a week. What part of that band were you? (laughs) Bass player. I was the bass player. (laughs) I really wish you would have said you were were the vocalist. I was not the MC. I... No, my verses are weak. Um, Man,
3: I would love to hear that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: What was the name of said band? Uh, it was... I didn't name the band. <laughs> it, was, it was called... It was, The band existed, and then I joined the band in, like, 2006. The band was called Soundscape. <laughs> okay. And right. It was, like... It was a big band. We just wanted to be the roots, basically. Um, but uh, from that and from, you know... Uh, that, I mean, the only jobs I had in college were playing music at bars, and I sold records on eBay. I started doing that when I was like 13, and um, to save money for college. And so I, uh, 2007, late towards the end of it, I was really into Daptone and like Sharon Jones and uh, the whole thing, the whole funk soul revival scene in Brooklyn, and it was very inspiring. And I was like, well, I want to do that. Um, so yeah, so I started. Producing records in my basement, and then I became a teacher, and I did that still as a hobby while I was a science teacher for about 10 years, and then my superintendent, uh, I don't know if I can say pissed off. Yeah, 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 yeah. He pissed yeah. me off. Yeah. And um, You can say whatever
1: you want on here, Terry. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, some of our episodes even have the
2: explicit logo <clears throat> on it. All right. And he pissed me That's the fuck off. And, uh, <laughs> so... I, uh, Yeah, that day after this meeting where... Uh, where he, he pissed you off? Yeah, where he just demonstrated that he had a total... So I taught in Middletown, which is where okay. I'm from. Okay. And uh, yeah, on this particular day when he demonstrated with ultra clarity that he had no understanding on how to teach chi- children in Middletown, I was like, well, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> and so I drove down to Loveland that day, and within two days I had a, I had a lease... Uh, on, a, on a space down there, the original location. Get out of here. Yeah, I was mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was real mad. Uh, but I, that summer I just finished this big trip across the country, um, going to record store. I went to like 90-some record stores to hustle the label and just like be charming and go door to door and be like, what's up? I'm from Ohio, and here I am in Oregon with these 45s that I've been making over the last you know 10 years. And uh, and so when I came back, and he made me mad. The idea of being able to make a record st- a viable business was like, oh yeah, I could do that. Like I've already I've been selling records since I was thirteen. Yep. I have a label. I've seen ninety places that are doing it good, bad, and ugly. Um. And so yeah, I called Bob, who was finishing. Uh, who was finishing a, a postgraduate, <laughs> find yourself. Go into the woods for six weeks by yourself trip, and uh, I called him as he was as soon as he got service in, out of Canada, and I was like, "Hey, bro, do you want to not go get a job being a computer engineer and making like 150k? And would you like instead to open a record store in Loveland, Ohio, with me?" And he was like, "And not make 150k? Yeah, 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 yeah. Make like 15k." Uh, and he was like, "Well, sure, that's fine." And that was 2015. There. That's awesome. Yeah. So plaid room opened in 2015. Yep. Yeah. So the label started in 2000. That was a really long way of saying the label started in 2007 store opened in 2015. Yep. Sweet. Um,
1: and when you were, when you were on this cross country tour, uh, prior to 2015, uh, was it at that point, you know, prior to, prior to your, your principal pissing you off, uh, was that, was that a, very, uh, a very impromptu decision, or did, had you started to build that in your mind as you were traveling the country that, okay, maybe this is what I'm going to do?
2: No, not even on my radar. That's awesome. Wasn't even on my, I was just like, yeah, I, you know, I'll go, I got summers off. I'll go hustle the label. Yep. Um, yeah, if I would have known, that would have been smart, you know, take notes maybe while I was there, but <laughs> I didn't have that foresight. Did, I don't have foresight. Did
1: you learn anything while you were doing
2: that today that still sticks out oh for sure i mean i think the overarching a couple of the big takeaways from that from that trip were you know one um you can be nice in record stores um you know you can um you know, I'm glad you said that, man. There's, no, pre, there's no prerequisite It's like, yeah, you got to be a dick if you're going to run a store. Because, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I think up until, you know, uh, up until that trip, I was sort of like, oh, well, yeah, that's just how it is. And yep. it's like, hmm. And I, so I went to plenty of stores where I was like, man, like, no, you can just be nice. A couple other things. Stores can be clean. Uh, <laughs> stores can be organized. Um these were all very novel things to me in 2014, because that's just not what I was used to. Uh, and so, and, I mean, I think the other actual, like, big takeaway was uh, the amount of new vinyl that was being, mm-hmm. uh, it was, that was sort of a shock to the system for me. Um, it's, that, it's way that, different now. At that time, like, 2014, 2015, it was like... It was starting to yeah, take Yeah, it now. was taking a turn, and um, that was definitely a way that we... From the beginning, I think, tried to distinguish ourselves with plaidroom. Mm-hmm. It was like really just embracing that. Because mm-hmm. back then, the adage and, and really the attitude still among record store owners and still with a lot of record store owners is like, oh, there's no money in new vinyl. Mm-hmm. No point. No money in that. No money. Don't do that. Reissues, repops, boo. You know, it was just this self-defeatist attitude that mm-hmm. record store owners tend to have. And it's like, sick. Yeah, don't don't do it at all. We'll do it. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, so that that was a big takeaway for sure. And that was that sort of, yeah, being nice, being accessible, being clean, and having records that people want to buy, not rocket surgery.
1: Yeah. The, so so uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do it. Uh, what was the day of your grand opening?
2: Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you would know this. I mean, I knew you would know that it was Valentine's Day. But I did. I, I assume you don't remember this. I think
2: it was sad. Saturday. It was a
1: Saturday. Yeah. So uh, Charlotte was born. My daughter was born um, on February 19th of that year. Whoa. Okay. Um, for whatever reason, um, my, so at the end of my wife's pregnancy, this is my second daughter. At the end of her pregnancy, she started to get, uh, she, she had to, basically the last month almost, she stopped working. She was not doing well, and I was kind of at home with her and i mean i 've always loved music, but I was never into vinyl um until until about this time okay oh, wow. so this is this is like a' is a pretty cool story like it's it's very the timing is crazy so we were we were at home, and uh I was playing actually true story I was playing I still had a six disc uh c d changer oh yeah uh and I had a that at the time was my stereo system was this CD changer and my wife kept getting really annoyed because I'd have to get up and then I would I would it was still manual I'd have to change the the disc and push the button and I remember we were listening to Fleetwood Mac which is my favorite band and uh something popped up where it was your guys's it was an advertisement for your grand opening. Oh. And I was like I was like you know what would be more annoying than me having to get up and change the CDs is if I had to <laughs> flip the side oh and change God. the vinyl. And and for whatever reason, uh literally that night, for whatever reason I bought a I bought my first turntable and ended up at y'all's place on your grand opening.
2: That's crazy. And
1: uh ended up I so I bought a a, a used copy of Rumours, which is my favorite album. Um I found a uh a, a, a copy of Thriller. And came home with, with all these records. And so if my wife were here, she would tell you, and these guys can attest, she would tell you, uh, the problem with my hobbies is that I don't dip my toes. I mean, I'm just like in the deep end immediately, right? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. so then I upgraded my turntable like a week later, ended up getting an, an upgraded needle and like did all of this stuff. And I have, before you know it, I'm at y'all's place. I was there frequently and uh, have over 100 pieces of vinyl in, in the first year. And uh, I told you this before we got on the mics, but I, I'll never forget. It was either the very first time it was grand opening or the second time. And I, I had told you I was a home brewer. I told oh, you, yeah, you I were Bob. That. Yeah. And, and you were like, oh, oh, cool. Uh, do you like matry? And I was like, yeah. And you came out with a six pack
3: and you <laughs>
1: cracked one for yourself and literally gave me three or four of them while I just shopped your store. Good old days.
3: <laughs> or
2: police.
1: Yeah, and, and you said, you're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're potentially trying to, trying to get a, a license. Oh, and at yeah. that time, that's when I had initially started. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to start this brewery and, you know, this. And that was, you know, as, lo and behold, I wouldn't open the brewery until fo- four years later almost. But um, it's just something that's always, that's you guys pretty, have
2: always uh, been my vinyl store. Uh, my my takeaway that is that, uh, so I guess what you're saying is that social media ads work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's does the, it, Danny. The, that's, that, the take, yes. that's, the, that's the take, yeah, that's the takeaway. Absolutely, because I'm thinking, like, man, how would you get hit with that? I was like, oh, I was running ads pretty hard, I was pretty scared. <laughs> I was like, oh, how is this business gonna be successful? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what can we do? Fa- Mark Zuckerberg, please take all my money, please make me money. Please. <laughs> uh, well,
0: probably, you were probably okay. going shotgun approach back then, too. It's, it's probably oh, you said it was 2014.
2: Yeah, that was probably, you were just smashing that boost button. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it wasn't up until, like, probably, like, three or four years ago you could actually, like, get a decent, like, demographic going and, like, oh, actually, yeah, like, yeah. target some people. We're deep in that now. It's, yeah. It's, yeah.
2: But, yeah, back then it was just, you know, it was just like,
0: all right. <laughs> if you live all within right,
2: 10 right, miles of this place, you're getting an what ad. What do you? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate music. Oh, why am I <laughs> keep getting ads in this
1: <laughs> dumb place? The other story, that, and this is, uh, I still tell this story today. The other thing that uh, you guys, this will go completely unnoticed unless you're listening to this, uh, but these guys introduced me before anybody ever knew who he was to Leon Bridges. So I remember- oh, okay. uh, Yeah, we broke that. Yeah, you, you really did. I mean, when, in, when his first album came out, nobody knew who he was. And I remember, I remember uh, we were having a conversation at that point. And it was, what do you like? I'm like, yeah, I love Lake Street Dive. Um, and and you're like, whoa, hold on. If you like that, I remember this very vividly. If you like that, you should check out this guy Leon Bridges. It's got this uh, kind of folk bluesy. Uh, and and I bought the record, uh, fell in love with it, listened to the crap out of it, and then all of a sudden he blows up, and um, nobody would ever know that you guys were pumping Leon Bridges before anybody ever before he had this Apple Music deal. And yeah, that was definitely me. I'm a salesman.
2: Yeah. I'm, a real, I'm a, I am an absolute salesman. I'm like king. I shouldn't. That's why they don't let me downstairs anymore. It's like I just like look at pe- what people. What are you looking at? Oh, you like that, huh? You should check this out. <laughs> I hope. I don't think I do it in a condescending way. Not I at hope, all. I hope <laughs> not. not. At all. But uh, no. I, I do it because I'm. I. That's the whole. Point. Yep. Yeah. Of record stores. You yeah. know, that's the whole, like, you know, you have. But to your point, Terry, there are a lot of stores
1: that you go into. It's intimidating for people because. Oh, yeah. Because for me, and it was refreshing for me because I just came in straight up and was like, look, I'm not into this at all. I want to be. I bought a turntable. I like these albums. Do you have them? And and, and you and Bob both were, were very. That, those were the days, by the way. When every time you came in, it was I knew I was getting either you or Bob. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's Mark. cool, right? That's refreshing. Uh, For sure, that's the
2: startup. But but that is that is that is the point though. Like the point is that you should be able to go into a record store, and it's like any information exists. Mm-hmm. It's all on the internet. Everything you could ever want to know about anything exists, and everyone's opinions about those things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. All the information is there, so why would you go to a library or go to a bookstore or go to a record store it 's like you go there because these people have an expertise in that, yep. and you can give them small bits of information, and hopefully they can come back and be like, "Oh well, maybe you 'll dig this, hopefully in a not condescending like you don 't know about that tone because um, that 's the vibe you know that 's like the, the i 'll never remember i 'll never forget this couple that came in a few years ago and they were like trying to get into jazz jazz historically. In record stores, you know, people are snobs about it, yeah. you know, super snobs. Yeah. Um, and so they came in and they were like trying to get into jazz. And, you know, I played them like, I was like, yo, go listen to these three or four records. There's a turntable. Tell me what you like. And then I can kind of like guide you. Right. And, you know, they've bought like 15 or 20 jazz records because they sort of figured out. Since oh, that like, day? Yeah, like this is the lane that they like. You know, this is the style of jazz that they like. This is what they want to listen to at home. And it's like. Man, you go into a big shop in New York and you're like, I want to get into jazz. They're gonna be like, okay, Bub. Yeah.
3: <laughs> here's
2: an, here's a free jazz Ornette Coleman record. Like, try that on for size. You want to get into jazz. Come back after you've done a three you know, a few rounds around the block. It's like right. you don't have to be cause that just serves ego. That just serves that individual person's hang-ups with their dad and mom. Mm. <laughs> Or whoever they lived. I don't know. It, Their correct. significant other. Yeah. They're themselves. They're hang-ups with themselves. Yep.
1: <laughs> so then how do the two of you tie together here?
3: So I started out, before I was just part of Group Records, I was just a record collector. I mean, I've been, I've been involved with in music since I was a kid, too. My, uh, my grandma got me my first album, actually, when I was 11 years old. It was Back in Black, ACDC. Okay. And I put it on the turntable, and it was just, it blew my mind. Because I didn't really... I was always into radio, like, just listening to, like, what was the big hit on right now, just, like, just the typical stuff that you listen to. And I listened to that, and that just completely opened my world. It's like, oh, my God, stuff like this exists. Yep. And from there, I, I just took off, man. I
0: mean. How long I, have you been at Spiral Group?
3: I So I started working there when, I was, when it was Earworm Records at first, actually. Okay. Yeah, we actually just recently rebranded our name on the twenty third of October. Okay, but I've been involved with Earworm Records, I want to say, since about twenty, about early twenty nineteen, late twenty eighteen, right around there. I mean, I was I was a customer at so many record stores for the longest time, like everywhere. I, I'd go to Plaid Room, I'd go to Torn Light and Shake, and everybody's all these other stores. And I was and I, would, I went to college, went to Ohio University. There's a store there. I was there every day. And oh, it closed now.
0: Yeah, they closed down. I was that
3: sucks. really. I was no so way. bummed. Yeah, he
2: was he was the homie.
0: Yeah, he I was. I think a lot of uh places in Athens are struggling a little bit. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think so too. It's and it's sad, but yeah, I was that was a great store and it closed down my senior year when I was there and I was just so bummed because I mean, where mm-hmm. was I going to get my albums? Yep. So that, I think that fall, I came back home, and I would always like, look up like what the closest store to me is, where I'm at at the time, and I Googled it, and this little store in Milford called Airworm Records popped up. I was like, holy shit, there's a store in Milford, Ohio I had not heard about? Yeah. So I got there, and at the time, I mean, it, they had like just opened up. It was like maybe a, a month or two into business. And it was just in this little, uh, this tiny building next to a barbershop in Milford. And there was this wall that kind of cut off about a third of the store. So it just had, it was just this little space that had all these these old records. But man, it was a gold mine at the time. I had, I had heydays in there probably like two, three times a week. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it was great. Yeah, just going in and buying stuff. And just even stuff I'd never heard of before that, just you grab the cover and you're like, this is cool. I'm, I'm gonna try this out. I don't even know what it is, yep. but like one of I remember grabbing at the time is I had never heard it before. But the band was called Ultimate Spinach.
2: Okay. Oh yeah, that's a good one.
3: Yeah, and yeah. it's like, and the cover is like this like psychedelic piece of spinach. It's like <laughs> almost like a holographic <laughs> spinach. And I'm just like, shit, this is dope. I, I, I'm buying this right now.
1: Danny, cue that up for the playlist, Ultimate Spinach. You know, think, oh, I can, yeah. I can take a look.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. First record. Yeah, record rips. It's, it's awesome, man.
1: So uh, so on that note, um, I thought we could have a little bit of fun with this. So, um, Mace, let's have you kick it off first. Um, so I'm going to ask two questions, okay? Uh, your your uh, favorite record you own for any reason. It could be wow. nostalgic. Oh, it could be your favorite music. I also understand this is like, you know, asking a parent to pick their favorite kid. I get it. Uh, So just give me one, one of your favorite records. And then is there a record that you're hunting down that you don't own right now? Uh, Macy, I'll let you go first.
4: Okay. Um, My favorite is probably the front bottoms back on top because no matter what, I can always listen to that front back. Um, I think when I was packing up to move to my apartment in Covington, I probably just listen to it on repeat for the entire night um love it something i always said i would buy if i ever just like happened to come across it was beatles sergeant pepper
1: okay nice yeah
4: it's my favorite one of theirs
1: okay uh danny not a vinyl guy currently
0: right i know i i i assumed i wasn't gonna be able to get out of this but i am (laughs) but give me give me a a record right so I'll, i'll be honest Probably the main reason why I'm not a vinyl guy is I like feel intimidated to get into it.
1: Yeah, that's so that's that's Boom. yeah yeah, um, yeah man. Come kind of hang same. out with you guys. It's I'm, so stupid. I'm yeah. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not
0: not down to get into it. So we're having nope. an event. Maybe <laughs> 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 like to get into records. Is that happening in January? Maybe a record hop, record swap day will get me into vinyl.
1: And and here's the thing, right? You can. It, it's like anything. I learned this really quick. Uh, it can be as simplistic as you want it to be Uh, super um, low uh, low spend investment into a turntable, or you can go all out and end up with, you know, your, your system and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I
0: actually do know that like a lot of the like pop punk and like rock bands that I listen to, like, do you have vinyl? Yeah. Even though like they've, they're fairly newer bands, but yeah,
1: most uh, Tara, this goes back to the, the statement you were making most most new music today, there's a vinyl option for sure. Yeah, 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 uh, which is super cool. Um, it also it also uh, leads to the path of, you know, if you want to, if you are a collector, and want to go to the original press of some things. Oh, and, yeah, you know all that stuff. Um, uh, I will go next. Uh, my favorite record I've already mentioned is Rumors, uh, my Fleetwood Mac Rumors album. Um, I would say if there's an album I'm chasing down. Um, you would think i would be able to answer this quicker given that i asked the question but um i think an original press uh of um probably Hootie, cracked Rearview. i loved that album when i was a kid did they make that dude there are so few of them that they are a like lot 90, of 90s yeah. Well,
3: yeah when did yeah. that come out it was like i
1: think it was 94 or 95 i believe yeah they didn't make i have a repress of it um, Even but the repress
2: goes for a bunch of money. It,
1: yeah, it does. Um, yeah. I tracked it for a long time. Finally, got a good deal on it. But, um, but if I could get original press of it, that's just that's an album that just reminds me of my childhood. Yeah, uh, that I love a ton. Um, Terry,
2: um, favorite record: Lee Fields, "My World." Um, record that I would like to find. <clears throat> I don't really. I don't need any records, um, <laughs> but if if I if I found it, I'd be super geeked. Uh, David Axelrod, uh, "Song of Innocence." Okay, it's like uh-huh. a weird psych record from like '69. Heck yeah! It's got a bunch of hip hop samples in it, so it like connects all my worlds.
1: So, so. I know you're, in, and obviously this is this is. Um, witnessed by what coal mine is and the artists that y'all have and there's a there's a little vari- variety there but um are you you were in a hip-hop band and you
2: just mentioned hip-hop do you listen to a lot of hip-hop still uh contemporarily no i'm sort of like stuck in probably like 2009 <laughs> mitch 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 knows that i'm probably stuck in 2009 uh mitch is way more up on it than i am but i for me it's like that is you know i grew up listening to doo and and th- with my dad and like that's how I got into soul music. And then when I got into jazz and, and hip hop as a teenager, those worlds connect, you know, because the basis for most beats were jazz, soul, R&B records. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, it's all it's all interconnected sort of for me. Yeah. It's all just like record culture, hip hop, beat culture. So I feel that. Yeah.
1: God. You're on I the mean, spot now. Nah, You've had the most time know, to think about it. I
3: know. I mean, I thought about it. If I had to pick one that's my favorite, there's this there's this group in the nineties. Their name was Slow Dive. Kind of like a shoe gaze alternative rock album. Just really really mellow, chill, like a really lush album. And when I listened to that for the first time I felt like I was like somebody was like pouring like honey over me or something, just like <laughs> sinking back into this <laughs> like cozy chair. It was Oh my god, I loved it. And I still listen to it all the time. Okay. It's been I I first listened to it like maybe a couple of years ago even. Like I'm I'm still try, I still like listen to something new like every day, just you know, to open my world up as much as possible. Yep. That's that, one of my
1: favorite things to do is to discover new music. Oh yeah, I think it.
3: that's I think what you have to do. I mean it's just something that you gotta try something new and you don't have to it hasn't be your favorite thing necessarily, but you never know. You just kinda you open yourself up, soak it in and like I said, sometimes you just sink back like that into I'll, a
1: recliner full of honey. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
3: Just and then other and then other times you listen to it once like oh, it was it was good. Nothing wrong with it, but you just kinda of move on from it and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just maybe it's just not the thing you were into. Yep. But no, that slow dive record, I, I still listen to that all the time. Okay. And then if there was an album that if I ever saw it in the store, I would buy it immediately. So yeah, I'm really I'm really in so The other big shoegaze album is My Bloody Valentine's "Loveless." Oh god, which, yeah, which yeah. is more on like the noisy side of things, more experimental. But I kind of had I actually kind of had an adverse experience when I first listened to that one. It was uh, it was at seven thirty in the morning, and I was just like I w- I just woke up I'm like oh, what am I going to listen to today? And I My oh, Bloody Valentine "Loveless." People say it's really good, and I turned it on. My headphones were full blast. And they're just, like, rah, in, my, in my ears at 7 in the morning. I immediately I threw my headphones off. I was like, what the fuck was that?
1: And, but, but you came back to it. But though.
3: I came back to it because yeah, yeah. it stuck in my mind so much. I was like, there was really something there that was interesting. Yeah. So, it, I mean, honestly, it took me maybe a, like a week or so, and I was just like, I couldn't stop thinking about what I listened to. It was so different. Yeah. So then I plugged it in again. I turned my headphones down. And I actually listened the whole thing through, and I was like, wow, okay, this one's incredible, too. But, I mean, I, that's just one that you can't ever find on vinyl anywhere, unless it's like an import. I think they recently repressed it. Yeah, they they did, and it's going for stupid money, too. Oh, I know, yeah. So I think my best bet, it would be one of those things that if I ever saw the, you know, $500,000 one or whatever in a store, like, just take my money, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take it, it's mine.
1: What 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 would you say is has been uh the most surprising thing that you guys have seen in, in the vinyl uh in the industry of vinyl records over the last five years really? Has it I mean, it's obviously as we talked about Terry, it's taking off, but but is there anything that was just like, all right, what are we doing? Like like how surprising it was.
2: Um I think the for sure the, the biggest shift and the the sort of shocking thing was seeing the new vinyl market explode like it has for sure uh going from when we first opened we were 85 15 85 percent used 15 percent new um sales wise now it's probably 85 15 the other way way. maybe maybe yeah maybe even like 90 10 same with us yeah it's 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 nuts which is like you know if you think about it in a lot of ways new vinyl is like a renewable resource sure you know, sure. you sell a hundred dollar used record. You're like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah. And <laughs> you can't, you can't just go like find, like we would have people come to the store all the time and be like, well, when are you going to get more used thriller? I'm like, bub, I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like there's not a used filler, tr- a used thriller tree out there. No. You know, and there's no supplier where I'm like, yo, can I get 10 used thriller guy? Like, it's yeah. not a, there's not this like magical place that exists like that. It's, but with new, it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like sold five, bring in more. I say that in the midst of a absolute uh, supply chain crisis. So is, it, so is that affecting y'all? <laughs> oh my god, it is. It's okay. terrible. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I think, like, I think it's everything. I I mean absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. Like supply oh, yeah. chain stuff is just is terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, for the, from the label side, we used to when we would order a record, we would have those records in hand in two months. So in 2015, we ordered the Duran Jones self-titled record, a thousand copies. We had them two months later. If we order a new record now, we have not told the pressing plant that we haven't given them any information about it. We'll have it in about 12 to 14 months. No oh way! Oh my god! What? So you turn in your record? Cool. It'll be out in a year and a half. <laughs> You know, so that's
1: um, to your point earlier when I mentioned that is. is oh my gosh! It's, it's I mean,
2: cr- you have to plan two years out for new music. We our release schedule right now is about halfway through. I mean, like there is a there is a bow on twenty twenty two for sure. It's been shipped. It's wrapped. It's gone. Like that schedule is gone. Twenty twenty three is about halfway done. So I mean, if records are being turned in now, and if any of the artists are listening to this, I'm so sorry, um, <laughs> but. You know, if a record gets turned in right now and we didn't know it was coming or we don't have that, that space allocated, it's yeah, Q3 2023 right now. Yeah.
0: So uh, apologies for my ignorance, but did that 8515 number flip purely because of uh, new people getting into vinyl or because people just aren't trading as much anymore?
2: Uh, an uptick in the new sales, okay. for sure. Uh, You know, the used is like,
0: you know, you, yeah, you
2: can, you almost like you can't you can buy a huge collection, right. right? And you're like, oh, cool, an uptick, and now it's gone again. So mm. it's like the used is really, really hard to actually grow because it sells. You bring it, you know, you put out a thousand used records, you sell 900 that weekend. Yep. Okay. You know, so it just turns over at such a gnarly rate. Uh, whereas the new is is sort of sustainable and repeatable. And then once you go online, now your market is the whole country, okay. um, and so. You know, that's a massive part of our mail order is a huge part of our business now.
0: Are you able to share the split between online and in-store?
2: Probably 75-25? No way. 75, 75 online? Nice. Yeah, maybe maybe approaching 80? That's, that's awesome. awesome. But I mean, and it it sounds I think some record store owners don't like us for that. Um, which is fine. Um, but you're not in the business to make friends, but I'll make friends, but it's not that you're opposed right. to making friends, I will but make, that's not. But, but it's, it's a thing where I think some people think that that takes away from the store, and it does not. It does not. It's not. like no. the use doesn't go online. It's only new. And the other um, thing is, if we can if we can bring in that much stuff because we're turning it over online, if you're just coming in looking for the new whatever, cool, we didn't just bring in three Brought in 300. Right. So right. we're going to have it. And so I think that that sometimes gets lost, but it's one of those things where it's like when you look at the selection that we're able to have, the only reason we're able to have it is because the online market exists.
0: Well, and I'd assume that your in store clientele isn't missing out on anything because you have that online option. Right. They can, so exactly. They can, That's the kicker. So like right? your, yeah. co- your customers aren't mad.
2: Right. Customers don't care. It's, yeah. it's a, And what you've done is you've expanded your base, right? Yeah. And um, it, it, it's, it's, It's wonderful. I mean, it started with, uh, started with audiophile stuff. Yeah. Because nobody was stocking these like really expensive $50 records in store because it's like, well, how many $50 copies of, uh, some obscure jazz record am I going to sell in Loveland, Ohio? Probably not that many. Yep. But if you have an online market and you can afford to bring them in now, maybe you can have a local market, but now, but now that local audiophile Dude, I say dude because it's always the most insufferable dudes. Um, and if they're listening out there, you know you're insufferable. So <laughs> they, they do. You true. True. You they know. know. They you know. know you're a dude, and you know you're insufferable. <laughs> it's fun. Um, and anyway, but when those – I have one guy in mind. He's a veterinarian, and he's hilarious. And when he comes in, he can come in and see all this stuff that nobody stocks. Sure. Because – you know, why would you stock a bunch of really expensive records that are just going to sit there? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have
0: thought about that either. You're also increasing your selection because you aren't worried about sitting on something to you're going to squat on if right. you were only doing in store. That
2: Hooting the Blowfish record, a lot of stores, when they reissued Correct Review, yeah. a lot of stores balked on that because it's not cool, yeah. right? It's like a Hooting the Blowfish record, and they're like, well, that's not cool. And we were like, cool, we know a bunch of people want that record. Yeah. And that record yeah. smashes. Yeah. So we stocked. We sold hundreds of that record yep. online. And then we had it in store, too. And so people would come in and they'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I can't believe you had this. And we're like, right?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what Terry just did is, is one of the reasons I always basically exclusively shopped at Plaid Room is I understand that I'm not the hippest dude on the planet when it comes to music, Right. Uh, anytime I would buy something, I collected and still do classic country vinyl. Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, George That's Jones. getting hipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I collected because I grew up on that, right? And so anytime I would go in, I, I'm not kidding. There was one time I, I bought like 16 used Merle Haggard records. Cause you guys had just bought a bunch from one person. Probably it's probably like $30 <laughs> it was not a lot of money, yeah, yeah. Uh, bought a bunch of it. And, and, and I never, I never expected anybody at plaid room to be like, Oh, look at this idiot. That's not cool. <laughs> right. And that matters to to Danny, yeah. to your point on, on being intimidated. Like you don't want to go into your shop where you buy music. Everybody's got different tastes, right? Like yeah. you know, different strokes for different folks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that, like, classic country, like, that's not for everyone. It's what I'm into because my dad listened to that, right? And so, for me, yeah. it's – you talked about doo right? Like, there's, there's nostalgia there for oh, you. Yeah. It was the same thing. It's the same reason I love Cracked Review, right? And, and you guys brought that in because you're like, hey, a lot of people want that, and we're a business, and, oh, by the way, we don't care if anybody if, – if we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and I will tell you, to Terry's point, from my experience – And I won't say names, but even within 50 miles of this area, there are a lot of places where, um, if
2: you don't align with what they like, they're going to make you feel dumb for it. And and that's, and that sucks. A hundred. I mean, that's when we hired the, the first few people we ever hired. First of all, I try to tell everybody that works for us, you're not cool. I'm not cool. Nothing you like is cool. Nothing I like is cool. <laughs> nothing about you is cool. Yeah. Nothing about me is cool, inherently. Like, it's as soon as you can get that out of your head. It's true. It's true, man. And then yeah, to yeah. Just tell people. Uh, I mean, I
1: think you're cool, but it's, it's, I, I,
2: I totally get it's the sentiment, and I agree. Yeah. But it's, you know, the first few people we hired, we did not hire them for their musical knowledge. We were like, oh, man, you're so nice. Oh, you're so nice. Oh, and you can use a computer, too? Oh, cool. You want a job? <laughs> and that was it. It was like, can you use the internet? Because most answers to most of these idiots' questions are on the internet. So, And by idiots, I mean those insufferable men. But, like, that, that was the qualifier. It was like, you know, there was no, like, well, who played bass on Kind of Blue? Do you even know? It was yeah. like... You ever use Google? (laughs) Oh, man, you can have a conversation. Sick. (laughs) Got a job. Um, And that's always been the thing. It's like being nice, being helpful. And uh, I do think there's a shift overall in the industry as far as indie retail. I think there's a shift towards that. Um, Good. Good. Like nationally. I think there is a shift towards just being like kinder, less douchey, uh, more inclusive. And, you know, like... I'll I'll never forget. There was a single day where this dude came in and was trying to like talk me down on like an eight dollar Led Zeppelin record. And I was like, buddy, dude, it's eight bucks. And like at the same time, same time, this super kind mom and her daughter are dropping seventy dollars on like three Taylor Swift records. I'm like, bub, yeah, bub, can you just get some perspective? Like, can you shut up so I can ring out this really nice lady and her yeah. daughter. Yeah, uh-huh, and yeah. um, yeah, I sound like I'm just talking. Shit about dudes, which <laughs> what's that's whatever, it's fine.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's it just be nice. It's like just yeah. be nice, yeah. be cool. That's, that's, right. that's the not, the story, yeah, right? Not, like, like, let's be kind. It's not crazy. Yeah, you're yeah, not, you're not cool. Everybody, there's always somebody that knows more. It's always. true. Yeah, somebody always, more. always, it's true. Uh, Danny, you'll appreciate this. Uh, one of the albums I bought at
1: Plaidroom Room uh, was uh, JT's first album, Justin Timberlake's oh, first nice. album. Oh yeah, and I I rang it out expecting. Uh, expecting you know something and uh and bob goes hey terry jt just sold and terry goes that album's awesome man <laughs>
0: number one guy i would switch lives with it's not close it's not any competition He's, that's why i told you because yeah, i number you appreciate one appreciate that yeah, not even like there's not even a guy close like i it's jt number one guy has it all
2: Great. so one of the dudes from one direction because i'm a i'm a big one direction guy um so <laughs> the i know a lot about it clearly uh, as a music connoisseur so this uh the, the niles horn one of the people in one direction put out a 10 inch release for record store day okay 2019 2018 or something whatever um it's a record store day release, so literally only independent record stores have access to purchase this. You can't get it through Amazon. You can't get it through Target. You can't get it through Barnes & Noble. That's how that works? Is f- yeah. For record store day releases, it's only... Okay. Yep. So I, I didn't know that's a, that. That's, good. that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's great, right? So yeah. if you're a record store, it's like the labels just made these things that only you can sell. And the yep. idea is if that artist has an existing customer base, that they will be forced, whether they want to or not, to buy it from an independent record store. Love it. Hmm. Okay. So they I think they made like can we start five doing that with craft beer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Do it. I mean, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's on the horizon. If we we'll, told, we'll call we it
0: told Kroger that we'd be out of business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's well that's, that's the that's we'll the just trade-off call it craft beer day, right? right. <laughs> that's
2: the trade-off. You have to figure out like how much of my soul do I have to sell to right. whoever to right. to Spotify to yeah. Right. I lose sleep a lot over that. No, I don't. But <laughs> I do think about it. I do think about it. Um but, so they made, I think, I don't know, 10000 maybe of this? Okay. Because it's Niles Horn. He's in one direction. So, for context, is 10000 a lot or not? Um, oh, it's hard to say. I mean, 2018 it, in, in 2018 for a 10 record, that's a lot. That's a good amount. Okay. Um, okay. Now... Quantities are definitely increasing. Even stupid labels like coal Mine Records are making 10,000 records. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Adele did 500,000. Like, that's the most that's been made in the last thirty. Five 500,000? Crazy. Man. And they've sold over 300,000 of them, which is nuts. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, anyways, they made this thing, right, for record stores. We brought in some, sold a bunch, mostly online. Um, and, you know, so we sold them out. We just restock, right? We keep restocking. Look around. Like, Bob looks around the internet because Bob's real good at internets. And he looks around the internet and, like, there is nobody else selling it on the internet. Like, nobody. This, oh, so this,
0: you guys were the only show in town?
2: Because we were the only people not cool enough to stock it. <laughs> right, right. Right? So we stocked it and nobody is selling it. And it's going for crazy prices on Discogs because nobody can find it. And Bob, like, checks Universal's warehouse and he's like, bro, they've got, like, 4,000 of them. He said, I think I'm just going to order a thousand and see what happens. <laughs> so we ordered a thousand and they show up. We sold them in like, I don't know, a day or all two. 1, all 1,000 of them? Because, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Somebody posted about it on TikTok like, got my Niles Horn record from. Oh, nice. On Plaid Room, right? And so now, okay, we sold out and we're like, damn, we sold out. Are, th-
0: are those other
2: 3,000 still there? So <laughs> we sold out and we're like, all right. So we, now we have a back in stock notification. So people are adding their emails to the back in stock. And Bob's like, dude, there's literally 900 people on the back in stock notification. He said, I guess I'll just order another thousand. <laughs> because, I mean, it's like that That sort of encapsulates this idea that like, yo, the market is literally there. And yeah. record stores are literally like, hm, no, I don't want to sell. You know, it's like, and that's not all record stores. Like, it's so, no, not. Not. but it's just it's like, not. it's a microcosm of what does happen in the industry somehow, and it's like, this is cool, this is not. Yeah. And because I'm a defeatist business person, I'm gonna make myself hate myself even more by not selling and making money and being happy. And it's like, but like, what if you just sold all those records? Yep. Wouldn't you be so happy? Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't you just like your life a little bit more? <laughs> but you could forgive your parents, and, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever they did to you—that's a great
1: story. So you and literally of the four thousand, you ended up with. Oh, a I don't even know
2: many. how. I don't even know how many Bob's old. Bob That's, is such a hustler on the internet. Right. List, yeah, you. That
0: yeah, you, is, you is, gained uh, fans. You, that day. you oh, now right. all of a sudden have a fan like a loyal fan base that knows <laughs> like. Dude, I can't get this album anywhere besides a record store in Loveland. That's fucking dope.
1: That is is dope. It is
2: crazy. But By the way, I
1: don't know if you guys, Macy and Danny, I don't know if you guys were hearing the same things that I heard, but how similar does that parallel the craft beer industry, right? Where you have so many um, breweries around this country who um, may or may not think they're too cool to either make a certain style or sell a certain beer or do this when there are people who like that. It's the same reason that by the way that if you were to ask uh 100% if you were to poll 100% of our team members here. Um I I would venture to guess we don't have a single style on the board that 100% of people here drink. Right? Um I bet you we have I bet you we have less than 5 beers that 50% drink. Um, but guess what? What we, what we are, our mission statement literally is, uh, uniquely crafting high quality beer that brings all people together. The key is all people, right? Um, so, so Voss is the beer that I drink the most of. It's a light Kolsch. I crush it. I drink it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Not a hoppy beer. Uh, used to be a hop head, not so much anymore, but I still love hops and I'll still drink them occasionally. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, however, uh, president of the company, we still make multiple hoppy beers, right? That would be like me going, "Well, we're too cool to make hoppy beers because because it's too popular and we're not into that, right? We're not going to do a milkshake IPA. No, guess what? Even though maybe fifty percent of our of our current team member base consistently drinks milkshake IPAs, we still do it. Why? Because there are people out there who love that style, right? And and, and what I was what I was hearing while Terry was saying that was, man, you, you just be, be, be kind was the, the theme of all of that, but also like, man, different strokes, different folks, everyone's into different things, and we're not asking people, you or other breweries or anyone, to do something that you're not good at or not passionate about, but it also doesn't take a lot of effort to just order those, those records, right? Yeah, right. So For us, we have people in-house. Luke is great at it. We have people in-house whose talent is
0: making that
1: beer, And Luke doesn't drink an
0: ounce of any of them outside of, you know, testing it. Exactly. Um, The parallels are... are, I'm sure you guys can relate. If you only sold and bought albums that you liked, you'd be a very boring record shop. Oh, (laughs) God, yeah. (laughs) No, dude, it'd be be super interesting. No. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be be eclectic,
2: and everyone would want to be there.
0: It's really funny. My head was spinning the whole time, too, when you guys were talking. I think you both run incredible businesses, and you have to sometimes separate – you know, running a business and doing what you love, there's a way to marry them, but yeah. sometimes you have to make sacrifices, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I don't think any of our production team was, like, stoked to drink Mango Frosted, but, like, it's one of our most popular beers that we bring back. Like, our fan base loves it, and a lot of our staff loves it, um, so why not make it, right? Like, why but, not why not buy the One Direction album and sell the shit out of it? Yeah, dude, right? sell the yeah. One Direction record to <laughs> yeah. then
2: go use that money to hustle some other exactly. record. That you it, that's you do exactly like right about it. exactly you know, it's like like you're not hurting any you know you're not hurting anybody and
1: by the way you, not only are you not hurting anybody you're also providing for somebody who you're making them happy yeah, right. right exactly Dude, you're buy- the next generation
2: yeah that's, right. that's that, right you're buying a record that's like, right you're buying yeah. a that, that's great you're buying a record that's at right. a record store that's cool that's right i agree i agree you're
1: what were you buy- gonna say
0: saying, for us you're buying a craft beer whether it's Kolsch, whether it's Milkshake IPA, whether it's Burleigh yeah. Stout, you're buying a craft beer instead of Bud Light, That's White right. Claw, whatever it is, you're supporting mm-hmm. a beer made, you know, what, what's our farthest consumer? Someone in North Columbus, so like within 150 miles, you're buying a beer made within 150 miles, but 85% of people that drink Saunders are within 20. Yeah, thirty no, miles. Probably. You know, it's yeah. so like yeah. you're making a beer that's less than twenty to thirty minutes away from where you live, and you're supporting a local business, and yeah, yep. that's yeah. the important yeah. thing. Macy Sorry, was going to say something.
4: Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I have a friend who tells his daughters, "Don't yuck my yum," and <laughs> that's I good. Kind of live that's by that. Good. I think yeah. it goes for records and for beer. Yeah, like, for just sure. Because I like it. Doesn't mean you don't have to like it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm. I'm I don't know. Yeah, I tell Just my let kids be happy. I tell
1: my kids don't pee in my Cheerios. It's the same thing, right?
0: We don't yeah. record shame. We don't
1: music shame, we don't record we don't shame. We don't shame. shame. We don't music yeah, shame. There's a lot of things there's we don't shame. Of, <laughs> of which we won't go into on this podcast. Um but Whatever you're into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we let you be into whatever you're into that's right That's right. I want to hear about and we don't, it we like. don't shame for it
0: I want to know what you're into I want to have a conversation about it but you're not going to get judgment from me but,
1: but Danny you said something about the music industry that I think some people probably feel about the beer industry you said that the only thing keeping you out of being in vinyl is you're intimidated oh, the craft. I think, the craft I think there are people so it is and I think there are people that they'll walk up to our board especially by the way they may have been brought here for a happy hour by their team, by their by their company. They walk up to the board and we have thirty two beers on the tap list and they're like, Ah give me the lightest beer you have. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know. Right? Um super I want, it is and I, and and by the way I we similar to what you said, our our main filter for our team is man, can you just treat people nicely? Can you yeah, treat yeah. people mm-hmm. well? Can we can we just agree that we're we're all uniquely crafted right? Yeah. Um, Actually,
0: I meant to bring this up earlier. When you both were talking about your shops, like, I think the big differentiator, I can tell when you guys are talking that your experience building, your experience creating when people walk into your shop when they experience, you know, buying a record from y'all, like, that's a big part about getting them to come back. Like, they may have stopped into your shop because they you they know you have something they want, but they're going to come back because they enjoy talking to you guys. Yeah. They enjoy an experience. They didn't get judged by buying, right. you know, a record at your shop. Like, that's the same thing that we want to do, whether it's, you know, we're selling beer in the market, uh, we're posting on social media, whether it's our website, whether it's you're coming and having a beer at our place. Like, we just want to experience build with people and make sure that they're, however you're interacting with us, you're mm-hmm. enjoying that experience and you're going to come back and it's going to, build that, you know, whether it brings you to a tap room or makes you buy our beer in the market, like, that. And that's the, I don't know, I I like, and maybe it's just me, um, me overreaching, but, like, I like to think that we're not, like, a place that is intimidating to come to uh it can be but like i hope that we create an experience that's pretty welcoming for people and that you know you can i actually know for a fact that if you like beer i have a hard time believing you're going to come to our place and not find something you like i I agree and i think that that adds a ton of value and i think that because there are a lot of breweries in town where shit, i can't go get a white beer at this brewery it's not on tap there isn't one right you know like, or maybe there's, like, a multi-beer. Like, this brewery doesn't make multi-beers because they're not cool or sexy. Yeah. And you all of a sudden have nothing that you like on the board. You know, like, that's not something you're ever going to have an issue with here.
1: I agree. Uh, so, on that note, we'll wrap up with beer before we get to our final segment. Uh-oh. Um, are, are you guys beer consumers at all? I am uh, not, yeah. yeah. I know you once were. I don't Oh <laughs> uh,
2: Yeah, I am. I'm just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a real Basic guy. <laughs> Dude,
0: I, I love it. I, I love it. I'm fine with it. So we have like a we have a beer reward system here and I cashed mine in the other day. Like, I got two six packs of boss and two Absolutely. six packs of you betcha, like I just like you got to play the hits. And we have uh,
1: 16 ounce Voss cans. We're about to put in the tap room.
0: Oh, those are gas.
1: I promise you, I will. I will go home with multiple <laughs> cases of that. <laughs> I
0: like. I just like. Uh, there's nothing. There's so much beauty and simplicity, and ah. I, th- I think beer is like the epitome of that.
1: So if I were to open y'all's beer, your fridge right now, what beers are in there? Uh, High Life and PBR. Yes. Dude, High Life. High Life is my life. High Life in bottles. One do you High like life <laughs> okay, all right. But and why, Strohs too. From my uncle. <laughs> Strohs, I'm okay with too. I actually have a very funny story that we'll tell off the mics. I love highlights. Uh, where one night, all I was consuming was Strohs.
2: I, I have two uncles that uh, exclusively consume Strohs. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a. So I do think it's you drink like a, them in their honor, or do they come over? I a do lot? not drink them in their honor. <laughs> Uh I, yeah, I'm just I'm a high life. Yeah. High life and But bottles. why bottles? Why just I, don't know. I think it look cool. Because <laughs> all I care about is aesthetic. Whatever okay. you're into, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clearly.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I sense that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm a very superficial kind of guy. <laughs> uh which so you would prefer High Life over PBR? Uh yeah. Yes, okay. I mean it's the champagne of beers. So. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced champagne, but
1: champagne Chim- yes. <laughs> Chimpag- yes. of beers.
2: <laughs> yes. uh, and and right
1: oh, now man. we're opening the fridge. What's I mine?
3: have like two or three like. Thirty racks of
0: Bush Apple. Okay, all right, dude. Yeah. Those they're Perfect. delicious. Those things I haven't tried fly it off the shelves. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. When I did that ride along in Dayton with Tim, yeah, like some of the like outskirts spots of Dayton were telling me that like their fastest moving beer is Bush, Bush Light Apple. Apple. Yeah, people they post about it on social media, and like within twenty minutes, people are like rushing to their shop to get, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you want to talk about like line culture? Like, <laughs> bush <laughs> re- re- release bush white apple about ten minutes away from a downtown area, and you are cooking. I
1: literally, just made a
4: note.
0: Try bush apple. <laughs> nice, oh, I it's, love it.
3: It's awesome. I, yeah, my my roommate he bought like six thirty racks at the time because like they were like you said they were selling off the shelves like crazy.
0: Yeah, it's like hard to find.
3: It is. So yeah. he so he saw a bunch at this nearby supermarket and bought six of them, and that was like back in I think September and. We're down to three. Oh, that that, that
2: kind of gets to, I mean, I think a thing that is in both industries, and that's like the nature of like limited Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Limited stuff. And then even like pseudo, pseudo demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy. Like It's limited. And we're like it's not. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not. People are like, oh my god, I have to get it.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, how do
2: you guys treat that? Do you do? Uh, do you, is
1: it first come first serve? Do you reward loyalty? Like, how do you? How do you do um, from that? The, with, from the label something
2: is actually limited. I mean, most from the label side, most of our releases are. I mean, if we say it's limited, it's limited. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, oh my gosh! Yesterday morning. Good lord, that was that yesterday. Oh wow! Um, but like, time doesn't exist, Terry. We we released a record and uh, this new Kendra Morris record for pre-order and we do like two exclusives. There's like, yo, this one is, we did 750 and you can only get this from our website. And then there's, yeah, the coal mine website. And then there's another 1,750 that you can only get from indie retailers. The idea is obviously like incentivize people to go to their retailers, incentivize people that buy from us to buy from us. And, you know, normally that's a pretty healthy amount, but I, for whatever reason, I think there was a Reddit thread about it because people knew we were about to announce something. And I think, I mean, the resale market for records, the, like the, the secondary market, which I'm not sure if that's a thing for beer, but like, it is, is it it really? Yeah. So like the secondary market for records right now is fucked. Yeah. I mean, it is insane because there's such a lag between like, oh shit, something sold out. Cool, well, I guess it won't be around for 12 months. So it's got 12 (laughs) months to appreciate. So it's like what was a $20 record is now... A three hundred dollar rack. Oh, it's, it's that insane. much. It's oh that my much. god, it yeah. crazy. Yeah, and so
0: the secondary beer markets come down a little bit just because of like breweries like popping off and like sure. way more local options happening. But there's right. definitely like some beers that you'll see from like it's, you know, there's probably thirty hype breweries in the country, and like you buy their bottle retail for twenty five, and it goes for two hundred. It's, and, more, and in it's, the, so it's crazy. more in the. It's more in the very bottle, illegal.
1: It's more in the value of trade. Yeah. So people will trade beer, and the value of what they get in trading that beer. Oh is wow. Ridiculous. The cool thing about
0: breweries is that they actually some of the like ones that have been doing that type of thing for a long time is that they monitor the trade sites. Yeah. And if they find out that you <laughs> like flipped their bottle for eight times what you bought it for, you are now blacklisted from buying from their company. So yeah,
2: I go back and forth on that because part of me is like, you got got. Right. So supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me is like, I don't my, my like economics it.
0: economics degree kicks in. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, you know, there's like, 800 of these and there's 1,200 people that want them. All of a sudden, it's 40% more expensive. Yeah. Should have
2: yeah. made more. Like, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Where, that's where, and that's where gauging that is like super important. Because we, I mean, we released this thing yesterday and we fully expected this will last us three months.
1: Who's the artist? Uh, Kendra Morris. Kendra Morris. Yeah. I, she, I just wanted to, for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You. Yeah. She's, she's wonderful. She's one of the kindest humans uh, we deal with she is her wonderful.
1: is her music available to be streamed yeah, in other sure. places? Yep. Okay.
2: cool. Record's out on February eighteenth. Okay, um, but like we sold out in thirty minutes, right? And so we're like, yeah, we didn't have even made the social posts, and what? so we're like, yeah, so like we we sent the email out, the records sell out, and so we're like, everybody's scrambling, like, well, what the fuck are we gonna say on socials, right? Like, yeah, hey, cool, we announced a record, then it's gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we kind of like audibled and, and came up with a plan, but it's one of those things where it's like. The market is so hot that these resellers are, like, planning. Because I think there was a hot tip that people thought this record is going to be flippable. Yep. And so people were buying 5s, 10s, 15s, 20s. So is that frustrating for you
1: <sighs> that potentially somebody's flipping
2: it that doesn't care about the artist uh, or the music? Yeah, or? in some ways, yeah. You know, like, and then eventually we kind of, like, limited to one per customer. But we never normally had to do that. Sure. So it's, not, it's not normally a thing. But the other side of it is also just, like, eh, I yeah, I got got. Yeah. I got, you know, yeah. I'll go on Discogs and I'll bitch a fit. I'd be like, yo, you motherfucker, I swear to God, like, I catch you in these discog streets. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll leave a comment about you yeah. uh, on the internet. I'll scream into the computer screen. But it's like, um, it, it's just weird. It's just a, but it's a, it's a result of n- the market growing at such a rate yep. that you don't know how many to press, yep. which I imagine the same thing for beer. It's like, what do you think? How many of these bottles we're going to do? Oh, 1,000 should be good. And if you're off by 1,000, Cool, the market's fucked. Yep. Um uh, and yep. and I think things are growing at such a clip that labels really don't know how many to make. Adele feels like the first one where it's like, they got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. And that's, they sold and they sold three hundred. <laughs> right. So, so that, that's so it's like they yeah. they did it right. That was justified. The the nice thing about coal mine and Plaidroom is that oh, like right, one right. one is an independent record store, one is an independent record label. And so this is a situation where you kind of go like, you know, there's not very often that we get to double dip. But Record Store Day is one of those days for sure. But we're, we're like, cool, coal mine's out of it. But you can go buy it from Pladroom because yep. it's an indie exclusive. And so it's one of those times where it's like, uh, Audible and we'll shift this direction. And once we're out, Pladroom, you know, they'll have to go buy it from another sure. indie retailer. But it's just, it's just wild. And it's like when you add these stops in the supply chain and in the distribution chain, it just makes that secondary market just so ripe. I mean, just crazy and we benefit from it too we see so we see the aftermarket for pff, man, if they repressed crack review today we'd be like cool we'll take a thousand yeah because they're gonna sell out Yep. and when they sell out the price is gonna creep back up and then we're gonna be running down the field like yo i'm open yeah, <laughs> yeah. like toss me that 25 bones no yep. no upcharge and we're yep. just gonna sell them red hot chili peppers right now stadium arcadium selling for 180 dollars on discogs we got 400 in the warehouse we put out 30 a day Every day, sell them at the normal price, 30 a day, one per customer. One, that's super rad. One. That's also one. a great album, by the way. So but yeah, and it's just like... For me. I, I, but but it's, it's, a a cra- it's a crazy thing because it's like, that's a, that's a $50 box set. Yep. Yep. And people are paying $150 for it all day. Yep. It's, just, it's just wild to see the market grow at such a rate that nothing can keep up.
1: Yep. Uh, record Store Day, you mentioned this. Um, is that something that, with the industry being where it is, I guess for both of you, do you look forward to that? Is it exciting, or is it like, oh, you I love gear my, up I for love
2: it. money. Yeah, I love money.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> how do you yeah. feel? How do you feel?
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm probably in the same boat as you with record store day. You just, you know, they all come in, and then you have people like just filtering, like, wait, wait, like, lines coming in. They all come in. Like, where where are the record store day albums? Oh, they're, you know, over here. And they all just flood that one area of the store and then come up. And then all of a sudden we're down half stock. And it's just, it's it's wild. Yeah, but.
1: Why are there two record store days now?
2: Oh, they've always had Black Friday. Has it always been?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: It's, record store day is the hardest day of the year for us because it's like, you know, anytime there's an indie exclusive, it's like, uh, it's, it's like playing the stocks. Sure. It's a limited item. Mm-hmm. What's the demand going to be? Yep. Are people going to show up for it? Is it too expensive? Is it cool? Is it not cool? Like, yep. what's the vibe? And you just got to do that 400 times <laughs> and <laughs> hope that your gut is right. You know, and that, we, we, miss, we miss every once in a while. I was going to ask, right, how, at, have you ever been wrong? Yeah, but you know what? Most of the things that we've thought we were wrong on. Turns out it wasn't actually a mistake yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> that, was just, uh, that was just the wrong perspective I was looking at my mistake with. <laughs> yeah. I would never make a mistake. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, Jerry Garcia box set. I think we bought 600 of them, sold 200 on the day, and we were like, well, guess that was a bust. You know, like 400 box sets, I guess that's $26,000 I'm never getting back. After about a year and a half,
3: they all sold Really? So it's like, it, oh, it takes time it does it takes okay. time,
2: and it 's like for those people that shelled them out cheap because they were like ah it 's like you lost your ass like as long as we could afford to sit on the product and slide it out slowly, like we still won like that was a huge win for us mm-hmm. so yeah. that 's
1: really interesting so so record store day items will still sell after record store day, oh, oh for yeah. sure because uh-huh. I
2: mean yeah because they're they 're exclusive to us mm-hmm. sure can't you literally can 't get them any, anywhere else so it 's yeah. like they 've dealt you they 've been like They've dealt put all the cards in your favor. When I hear record store, when I hear record stores complain about record store day, what other industry is set up and they're like, "Hey, y'all, do you want us to make a bunch of product that only you're allowed to sell, and Amazon and Target and Barnes and Noble can't get it, and it's cool, and labels are going to market it? Would that be okay with you? Would that be okay if we shift the entire market to you?" <laughs> right. <laughs> And stores are like, "Oh man, I got you see this bullshit on the list you know it's garbage and it 's like, dude, if there 's one Probably thing, Niles if, Horan. if there's one thing on the list you like, guess what? you got it. They got you yeah, there's one thing on there out of four hundred, they got you because every week bullshit comes out. yep, you know, three hundred thing new things come out a week. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. do everybody like all three hundred? No, but if you like one, cool, great, yeah. Shut up, move on you know." <laughs> I'm on my high horse. I'll get down. <laughs> no, I, I'm here for it. I love it. This I'm is so I'm very so, so for boxing. me. It's incredibly compelling. If I had a beer, it'd be bad.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: uh, Danny, you want to hit the last segment? What Uh, all right so this is um for for uh any of you that may not know so our last segment we always tie together uh just songs that we've got on repeat right now so earworms
0: uh any any, uh, spiral groove yeah that's right that's right uh, <laughs> I already, I already uh, found a, um, a ultimate spinach song. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, all um, right. So uh, my, what are you listening to? Is Mind Flowers by Ultimate Spinach, their number one song according to Spotify. Okay, all right, all right. I love it. Uh, Mace, you're up.
4: Um, I've been listening to Only Child by Wack, like on repeat.
0: Okay,
3: love it. Good. When I started listening, actually yesterday, there's this newer group, Black Country, New Road. They released a bunch of new singles over the past year or so. They had a new song called Concord. I've been playing that nonstop for the past two days.
2: Okay. Love uh, it. Uh, Starlight by Yola. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, so for whatever reason, I've
1: been, uh, I have this playlist that that I play. Uh, it's like a mixed, it's, I, I always call it, so the playlist is called Songs Everyone Knows. And it's a playlist that is basically like, if we're in mixed company, I know I can throw this on. And it's songs, karaoke songs, right? For whatever reason, uh, I was listening to it over the holiday. We were playing cards with my family. And um, Atlantic City by the band came on. And I don't know why, it just hit the right spot. And so I've had it on like every playlist I've made the last two weeks. <laughs> So that's, that's, uh, that's mine.
0: I don't know why. I don't know why. Music, uh, it's weird, right? Like sometimes it just hits you and it just. Mm-hmm. Mitch, you've been hanging out with us for an hour and a half. Pop on one of these mics and give us a song.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm actually not a big country music fan, but okay. the number one song that I've been listening to like nonstop the last two weeks is called Send the Sun by an artist named Nikki
0: Lane. Okay. okay. <laughs> Love it. All right. It's like a, such new one. Send the Sun? Send the Sun okay. by Nikki Lane. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, um, I need to hear well I'm not going to hear it but this Ultimate Spinners song will go out to it you're not going to hear it but I will I know oh Macy hooked me up, yeah. yeah this is good this was a lot of fun guys thanks for your time appreciate yeah it. appreciate you having us this is great we're excited for the uh, Record Hop Record Swap Day uh, January 15th 11 to 4 here at Sounder I'm, look- I'm looking here at Macy just to confirm
4: yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, for those who aren't drinking in the new year, we also have Script Coffee. They're going to have something special for us. Uh, I think Huff said that their new brew is Test Press. So.
0: Those guys are awesome.
1: Nice. All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you Cheers so much. Thanks Cheers. For your time. Thank
2: you.